Hello and welcome to Strangers Shopping Strangers, podcast number 62. A big welcome back to anybody who's returning and thanks for stopping in to anybody who's new this week. Well, this week's podcast is the part two of the two-part Playing in the Sand, which was Dead & Company's amazing getaway experience from February 15th through the 19th down in the Mexican Riviera Maya. And in this episode, I get a chance to talk to Liz Field, Craig Rotman, and Kat Wright. Liz and I met through several social medias before the trip, and we did have a brief hello and a big hug on the beach, and then really got a chance to get to know each other and talk during this conversation. Craig and I met through a recommendation from Michelle Circus as somebody that she really to talk to, and it was so much fun to talk to. When I mention Michelle Circus, I have to say hey to Michelle if you are listening, and a gigantic thank you because Michelle is the woman who was the straw that stirred the drink on Facebook for everybody who was so excited about this trip. She had gone to Los Muertos last year, started a page for everyone to you know really get all pumped up, lots of information what to bring, what to expect, lots of logistics, and then, you know, with some meetings and gatherings and was really a fantastic part of the experience. So thank you, Michelle. And then I have Kat Wright, or Katie Brown, as I like to think of her as her deadhead alias. Kat was one of my traveling companions, along with my sister Michelle and my girlfriend Liz. And she is one of my very first deadhead girlfriends, going all the way back to sophomore year in high school. A long overdue guest, and this really was the, you know, really the perfect experience to capture some conversations, experience, and a ton of laughs. I mean, I, I have to say, in all the conversations I have had in 61 episodes, this one, especially the end of our conversation, is really probably some of my favorite moments of all time. Now I guess it's time to put 2018 Dead and Company playing in the sand into my box of memories to become a dream we dreamed one day long ago. And next time I will be back with, I don't know, some, uh, some new strangers, somebody from uh, the new podcast network that I recently joined that is called the Osiris Podcast Network. The Osiris Podcast Network, it's a, it's a growing podcast community filled with, you know, music and cultural podcasts that connect music fans like you guys with conversations and commentary, just some really cool stuff. So if you want to learn a little more about Osiris Podcast, check us out at osirispod.com, O-S-I-R-I-S-P-O-D.com for a list of all of the fantastic podcasts, and you'll hear a little bit more about it at the end of this episode. So, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy, and I will catch you in a couple weeks.
Well, Kat Wright, welcome to Strangers Stopping Strangers. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Well, I, I was hard-pressed to call you Kat Wright because, to me, your deadhead alias is always going to be Katie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Katie from the court. Katie from the court. And, you know, this is, to everyone listening, this is a ridiculously long overdue podcast because I have talked about Kat or Katie Brown on many of the podcasts because you really were my first, like, deadhead girlfriend. I know. I love that. I know. We have special. We go way back. We found each other because we were both wearing tie-dyes at San Mateo High School in the late 80s and... <laughs> recognize Bearcats. Bearcats recognize the tribe member over there and <laughs> kind of uh, congealed that way. But um but it's not a Katie Brown and Stacy Bernard story. This is a playing in the sand podcast and I am so happy to be able to like go back because I mean not only do we go back to high school, but we go back to fucking heaven two weeks ago, right? Right. Mexico. That was such an amazing trip, such an amazing trip. And the build for it was so much fun. And then it just exceeded expectations, didn't it? It did. I mean, it was it was so much fun. So you and me and Liz, hey, Liz, and Michelle, who is a podcast veteran. I mean, we all went and met up and stayed together, four girls in a room, and just fucking awesome. It was such a good time, such a good time. And it was so fantastic the way it all worked out with Liz, Michelle, and I still living here in California and you being on the East Coast and making our schedules align and the stars align and the heavens align so that we could all meet together in Mexico. So it was definitely, I would say for me personally, a trip of a lifetime just to be with good girlfriends, people that we go back with in history. We have such a a deep history with, with the music and friendship and life to be there together was super special. Yeah, two weeks later, I can still see our little porch out there with the green. And gosh, bring me back, man. Bring me back. It was so fun being on that lower floor. I don't know, you know, I know people were in different hotel properties. And for all the people at Barcelo may be able to relate to this. But being on that bottom floor and having our balcony kind of extend out into the grass and just welcoming all those people that were once strangers and are now friends into our balcony people would just wander by and then wander in and next thing you know they're sitting with us on the patio talking till the wee hours of the morning and sharing stories and laughing and talking about the music and the life and that was just such a like ideal setting it was it was so much fun oh yeah we should we should give a shout out to mike hey mike oh yeah mike (laughs) what's up mike Mike, neighbor a couple doors down there if you're listening. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, and thank you for your sweet goodbye note. Sorry, we didn't get to say goodbye the morning of uh, our departure, but it was so sweet to wake up and find your little note out on our coffee table or our patio table. That was so sweet. I know. It all it all just kind of worked out. I mean, there was so much, there was such like an amazing like girl energy, women, That's you know, and in, in the best kind of a way. Like I, I feel like this, usually go to dead shows and, you know, it's, it's a lot of dudes and, and some women, but it felt to me like this was the trip where the women were like, like us, like, fuck this, we're, we're going, you know, we're going for it. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think it was so cool. I heard so many cool stories. You know, I, I like to, I love to travel. I don't know if I'm the most comfortable traveling alone, but I was really inspired by so many of the women's stories that had met through 
you know, mediums, whether it was Facebook or, but meeting and then deciding to travel alone and room with a virtual stranger. And I didn't hear one negative story about that. Everybody said it was hands down the best thing that they'd ever done to reach out on their own, meet new people, take a chance and room with somebody that they didn't necessarily know other than through a Facebook or a website make a new girlfriend for life and take that trip of, you know, a lifetime on their own because they didn't want to miss the opportunity just because they didn't have already known travel buddy, you know, and then just to meet up with somebody room with them that they didn't know. And they all said that they've now have a friend for life. So I think that was such a cool story that these women didn't let the lack of a travel companion stop them from running with them. Oh, absolutely. I think it's amazing. I uh, I had Alicia Welsh on the podcast a few podcasts ago who started the Girls Who Love the Dead group on Facebook. And kind of at the end of the day, I mean, that was her whole reasoning for making that group. You know, she lived in South Carolina. Hey, Alicia. And um, just was like, damn, I know there's other, you know, deadhead ladies like me and, and I want to meet up with them at shows and, you know, I want to make some new friends. And and this was really yeah. like, you know, rooming with strangers. I mean, it's like another level shit, but it, it all just kind of works out. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, definitely. I think it's very cool. Definitely inspired to do more stretching and growing on my own for sure because if somebody can travel out of the country by themselves to room with a stranger and I like I said I only heard great stories uh, you know that really inspires me to push myself a little bit more for sure but I am so glad and I would not change for the world that I did have travel companions and people that I love and hold dear and it was so fantastic to be with all of you so and just to you know have old friends and meet new friends along the way I mean that's what life is all about right Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, what the fuck? You don't need a friend. You just find us. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean you're looking for new friends, bitch? (laughs) (laughs) You've got your power crew all set up. We'll just keep growing, you know? Next time I'm going to bless. I can say, Kat's not staying with us. She's rolling the dice. (laughs) She's going to be in the next room. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking for new travel buddies. No, definitely not. I feel super blessed that I have people like my so many like minded people in my life. And it's a rarity. I, you know, I I don't run with a group of 25 friends. I have a few that I hold very near and dear. And I feel very, very blessed to have such true friends that also share the same love of music and love of lifestyle. And, you know, that's rare. It's rare to find that. And, you know, we're so deep rooted in the Grateful Dead and now Dead and Company. And, I just love that I have friends in my life that love the music and the scene and the vibe as much as I do and feel just as at home in it as I do. Absolutely. There it is. Well, we need to yeah. get out. So we need to have like, we have like a little blocker rooms for 2019 because we had an amazing crew. But I, I do have to say Rebecca should be with us next year and Emily sure. should be with us next year. And uh, like any of my like cool deadhead girlfriends that I've done any traveling with my friend Aaron out here on the East Coast, like my first thing when I came home was like, oh, my God, it was pure fucking magic and you need to come next year. <laughs> you know? Come hell or high water. Rebecca, if you are listening, which you better tune in and listen to, if nothing else, this segment. We missed you, girl. You need to come with us next year. She uh, she would have yes. uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. She would have loved that. 
Well, should we get into some tunes? What do you think? I mean, it was, it's like nearly yeah. impossible to pick. I mean, the, uh, I mean the whole show, I mean, the whole thing was so fucking awesome, but I, I did make you select one song. So what are we going to listen to? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It was so hard. All of the shows were amazing. And so many of the songs have such deep meaning for me and are so nostalgic for me. And there's so much emotion tied to so many of the songs, but my one pick because for several reasons one i was really hoping they played this and this is the one song that i'd called out prior to the trip on the plane on the way to mexico leading up to the shows i said i really really hope they play jack straw and they did so i was so excited and i just love this song and it was just one of the best moments of the whole week for me there's Jack Straw always has this like patient build and it just sort of slowly builds and chugs and chugs along and starts rolling harder and harder and harder. And it's fun to watch and the push and pull between John and Bobby on stage where Bobby's like, you feel like he's about to release and just break out into that final Jack Straw from Wichita that everybody's waiting for in the crowd. But then Johnny keeps jamming and keeps playing along and Bobby's sort of pleading at him to like, let's do it. Let's release. Let's get this song going. And that, that push and pull of that build is just amazing. And it was on fire on Saturday night in Mexico and it just did not disappoint. So that's my pick. That is a solid, solid pick. And it's a long version because I was, I was downloading the music <laughs> 19 minutes <laughs> well you know what do they say that there I think you put up some like cartoon a while ago or you texted me some little like meme or something and it was like mom in the car with the kids sitting in the back seat and the kids like oh do we have to listen to uh, more grateful dead and the mom's like just one more song, and it was like a 40-minute song. That's just a 40-minute dark star. No, no, your turn's next. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't expect you to play the whole thing. I mean, you, you do what you want to do. But it was, it was definitely a long version, but it was just, I mean, it just was that slow build. And when it released, everybody just went wild, and it was a great version. Now, I'm going to play the whole thing. I'm going back to playing the whole song. I'm not going to. I'm not going to jip anyone on their jack straw. So, uh, you know, I don't, I would awesome. hate to, I'd hate to get everybody all hot and bothered and not, not go through with the release. <laughs> you got to give them the release. No, 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 no. Nobody can be left cold on the podcast. If we're going to build it up, we've got to go all the way, man. So, uh, no, we're going to play the whole fucking song. Otherwise, what's the point? Otherwise, someone's yeah, just going to go to another. Tease. No, otherwise, someone's just going to have to go to another podcast <laughs> to finish off. <laughs> to find their happy ending. We don't want that happening. No, no, no. Strangers having strangers, we want to offer a full experience on this podcast. <laughs> we don't want to send anyone away, so. <laughs> awesome. Right on. Well, That's thank awesome. you, Katie Brown, Cat Wright, one of my very best friends in my heart for uh, gosh, 25 years has it been? 
<laughs> maybe longer. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think who's counting? Yeah, I think I think it, it might be closer to the thirty. But you know what? We are rocking it as much as any fucking nineteen-year-olds out there. You know, jamming and listening to tunes and living life. And uh, and I hope we're doing it for another thirty years, man. I do too. I do too. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I love you, girl. Love you, girl. Love you. Love you.
Rutman, welcome to Strangers Stopping Strangers. Well, Stacey, thanks for having me today. I am thrilled that we connected. Yay! Yes, it was a great weekend over in Playing in the Sand in Cancun, and what a blast. And you know what? This will be a nice little follow-up. I'm excited to be part of this. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, I had all intentions of doing live interviews when I went down there and I brought my new fancy recorder with me. So the last two podcasts were live and I was like, ah, you got this girl and you bring it down. You're going to meet people and talk to them. And like the first day I was like, fuck this. I just want to live in the moment. <laughs> there were a lot of plans that were abandoned, all well intended. But once we got there, it was just like, oh my God, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing this. I know I brought my computer expecting to do a little bit of work. That it didn't happen. No, absolutely. It was the ultimate living in the moment situation, you know, so I that was it. And, I, and then I realized that as much as I didn't want to take anything seriously, nobody else did either. But how much fun would we have reminiscing afterwards? So there it all go. works out, you know. Keeping it alive. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about like where you came from and your experience. And yeah, I want to I want to hear your story. Well, Christy and I, my better, much better half, trust me on that one. We're from Apex, North Carolina right now. We met somewhere in the middle of Winston-Salem in Apex, North Carolina about 14 years ago. We've been in, together ever since. And we, last year, we actually won the contest to go to Los Muertos con Queso. So wow. being from New York, when I got that phone call, my skepticism meter was deep into the red. Until they confirmed, sent me an email, asked me where we like to sit on the plane, and all of a sudden we've got tickets and we're going to Los Muertos. Well, that changed our lives because the vibe was just so loving, sharing, just so much fun. And for a whole year, we couldn't wait to find out if they were going to do this again. And then when all of a sudden they announced playing in the sand, it was a no-brainer. We were going. And then... We got my brother to go. We got an old friend from a thousand years ago to come. We got somebody who we visit on a remote island of Eleuthera. He owns a house there. We got him to go. And all of a sudden, all these people that we knew and all these people that were in the Los Muertos group also were going. So it was almost like a huge reunion for us. Michelle Circus, she set up a group for Los Muertos and even though there were only 1,500 people there, there were probably maybe about five, 600 people in that group. And I, I don't recall off the top of my head exactly how many, but she built a group for playing in the sand. And then all of a sudden, people are bringing things and people are trading things. And the hype and the buildup was just so phenomenal. Absolutely. They're awesome. Amazing. And so I think we have to say... Thank you, Michelle, right? This is the moment where we do the shout out to Michelle Circus, who was the woman who stirred the drink leading up to all of this, right? I mean, she yeah. was phenomenal. So she built it and then she did a great job with like call to action posts that got people engaged. And then all of a sudden, everybody's engaging and more people are engaging. And then before you know it, we developed friendships. We we set up meetups. We I, I organized one here in the Raleigh area. We had about a dozen people come, and now we're making plans to do it again. And we're just having, you know what? The party continues. Absolutely. So thank you to her for building this little community and watching it grow and thrive. Absolutely. No, it was wonderful. Yeah, it was. 
really phenomenal. And uh, I did meet her. We didn't really spend time together, but I met her during of all songs, Scarlet Begonias, in the beginning of the second set, and she had on her cape. And I was kind of looking for her and wondering, you know, like, you know, it's, it's hard to figure out who people are. You know, everyone's dancing, having a good time. And she had her blue cape on. Yeah, it was really cool. Went over and did a little dance and, uh, and a hug. And uh, so. Well, you know, I never ended up meeting her at Los Muertos that first year, but we stayed in touch. And then I tried to meet up with her at Fenway over the summer and we missed each other then. And then it was two shows in before I got to meet her here. So it was a year and four shows before I got to meet her. Wow. As well, because she was she was pretty much in high demand. Oh, yeah. I got that the hug and little glowy heart. And it was it was really nice. And and I feel like that's just the way it goes. I mean, at dead shows and this was like dead show on steroids, like you want to meet everyone, you want to see everyone, but nobody really wants to be to your point earlier, hard pressed to a plan. So, you know, the universe just plays its hand out and. You experience what you experience. The idea of being uh, hard-pressed to meet somebody here or somebody there, I don't think anyone's into that vibe, you know? Well, you know what? We had dinner reservations. We ended up blowing it off primarily because we just didn't want to be locked into a time or a place to specifically be. Exactly. So we just let it flow, and we went, and we did. And, you know, what's funny is people tend to grab, like when you went to the buffets, you kind of tended to almost sit in the same but just like when you were in school as a kid, you always sat in the same place in the cafeteria or in the classroom. Well, you ended up bumping into the same people every day anyway. It was just real, real fun. Really, really fun. And then the all-inclusive Shakedown Street was just awesome with everybody trading all of their wares and everything that they had brought with them. Yeah, it's unlike anything else. It's unbelievable. I have a whole baggie of stuff I brought home and... Yeah, it's all a dream we dreamed one day long ago, right? It's absolute magic. Oh, my goodness. So you are in North Carolina, so you're East Coast. Any, uh, what, what are the plans for summer? Show in Raleigh, so we're definitely doing that because that's a local show. It's 15 minutes from the house, and if we didn't do that, we just basically have to turn in our deadhead card. And then we decided to make a little vacation out of it. So go, Christy's never been to Seattle, so we're going to go spend a few days in Seattle Go drive over and see the Gord show. Go spend a few more days in Seattle and then head back home. Oh, that's awesome. I've heard that place is like magic. I've heard, you know, Red Rocks and the Gorge. Like that is the place. If you're yep. going to go to a place, that's the spot to go to. Yep. So that and the Greek theater for outdoor venues have been the three most beautiful I've ever been. Oh, I, I would love to go. It's not in the cards for me this year. I'm going to catch some East Coast shows, but I'm a, I'm a West Coast girl that lives on the East Coast. And last year I made it out to Shoreline, which was so fun because it was, you know, old stomping grounds back home. That was amazing. But this year I'm not going to make it to the West Coast because uh, we have a family trip planned for the third week of July. And, you know, as it goes. Yeah, hey, <laughs> yeah. family first. I get it. Now, listen, we have two families, but your primary family comes first. Well, and the good news is there's a shit ton of shows I get to see in the East Coast. So I'm not really sacrificing just the West Coast, you know, like it's a, it's a bummer not to get home. But if I chase them to as many shows as I would like this this summer, I will be well out of time and money after I just select a few. Of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you there. Well, listen, we also decided that what we're going to do is and we never do this. We always go for seats because, you know, we're a little older and if it rains, we don't want to be sitting in the rain. 
But we, we went for lawn seats in Raleigh just to save a little money. And we went for the lawn in, at the Gorge because we want to be able to sit and watch those beautiful views as the sun is setting behind the band. Nice. And, uh, but we also did it for another reason. Because we want to save up for those rumored Europe shows. Oh, my goodness. Right? I mean, Amsterdam? Ah, that's that's bucket list. I've never been to Amsterdam. It is my number one bucket list city in the world. And my husband, who's not a deadhead, I was on a girl's trip, music lover, amazing man, talked about his uh, musical taste many times here on the podcast. He actually said he would be down for Europe. So... There you know. go. Right. From our lips to the universe's ears. I mean, right, that right, would just right. be. Well, hey, Christy wasn't a deadhead until she met me, but the conversion is now complete. So I am guaranteed a space in heaven. Um, <laughs> and she has totally gravitated towards the scene. She totally gets the whole. She gets it. She gets it. And now she's like, well, why can't we go to that show, too? <laughs> it's like, well, you know, now she's she's dragging me to shows now, too. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, I don't think it's going to go down like that for us, but he loves good music. We just, he's a Beatles guy. We watched a three hour George Harrison documentary. I mean, he's, uh, again, loves good music. He came to SPAC with me a couple of times and he, we had fun, but, um, I think there was a moment like last winter when I was playing Sugar Magnolia for the peanuts, you know, when they're all dancing to yeah, Sugar yeah, yeah, Magnolia yeah. Uh-huh. and my daughter and her friend were over and we were dancing to it. And I was like, this is just the fucking cutest thing ever. And he's like, honey, I'm not a deadhead. And that was it. I was like, uh-huh. okay, I got it. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you can do? You can, there's, I mean, there's a whole bunch of Beatles songs done by the dead. Maybe you could start them that way. Oh, we have. Oh, I have. No, he loves. Well, we and he likes the dead. No, don't get me wrong. He likes the dead. He loves Jerry Garcia band. Yeah, like the Dear Prudence. He introduced me to the Dear Prudence and the Positively Fourth Street, and he does enjoy them technically as a band. Absolutely, he is a again a high quality music fan. He's just not a deadhead. And again, I think at that moment with the Sugar Magnolia, I finally just kind of was like, all right, I got it. But it's all good. And you know what? If we go to Amsterdam. I'm sure I can find a few of my other family members to go in and uh, shake my bones with and uh, will Perfect. not be an issue. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> well, I have one more thing I want to ask you about, and then we'll go and talk about your song and play your song. So you were involved with uh, gathering some funds for the charity and the check. So tell me a little bit about that. Yes. Well, what happened was um, it, it originally started where Circus, she, I, I do a bunch of silly Photoshoppy stuff. And uh, it's just an avenue for me to vent my uh, artistic creations to an audience. And since there were 1,500 of us in the group, I was able to, uh, you know, just share some stuff I was making. Well, she asked me to make a banner that was just basically like a thank you banner for the band. And she wanted everybody to be able to sign it and hopefully present it to the band. So I did that. And then when I made that, I was like, huh, what else can we do? So um, Beverly Porway, who's also in the Playing in the Sand group, who also would be an excellent guest for your podcast here, um, she did an auction for a poster, and she raised like $500 for it, or a little more, like 500 and change. And I was like, well, you know what? I could do something. So I designed a T-shirt, and we made a bunch of money from that too. And then I did an auction for a poster. And between us, what we came up with, we, well, we, do, we raised $1,300. And then I just started using my connections. 
okay, we have money to give. Who do we make the check out to? How do we get it to the band? How do we make sure it goes to their charities? And I ended up getting hooked up with, well, I, I emailed back and forth with Jay Blakesburg, and I emailed back and forth with the writer of the, the author of the uh, Grateful Dead family album, Gerilyn. Gerilyn, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we went back and forth, and she helped me get in touch. And then it eventually turned around where I got in touch with a guy named Tim, who's um, one of the uh, – I guess, uh, you know what? I don't know what his official title is, but Tim Bramlett from uh, Headcount. And we ended up making the check out to Headcount. It was to be distributed to the band. I ended up making a big one of those fake, like, giant lottery-type checks. <laughs> and I brought that with me on the freaking plane to Mexico – I had it all mounted and on foam core and everything, and um, we ended up getting, well, we didn't, but Tim ended up bringing it back and presenting it to them, and supposedly the band's managers just were, like, in awe of it and just really thought it was a great thing. It, it turns out not only was it for the band's charities, but it also turns out that we ended up giving back to the local school system there also. Wow! So, the proceeds from that and from the, uh, you know, the headcount was doing the guitar and the drumhead auction as well. Yeah. So all those monies were being uh, divvied up equally among the charities and to the school in the area there. Nice, good feeling that we were able to do that. Oh, that's awesome. Put a shirt or contributed to the auctions. Everybody contributed to that. So everybody can have that feel good, give back kind of moment. No, oh, I love it. That's beautiful. I love it. That's so yeah. cool. Well, so the last thing I want to do is ask you about a song, and it's not easy to pick. And my goodness, I mean, it's hard to pick from this weekend, but I guess on the usual podcast, I make people pick from their entire life. So this is kind of going light yeah, <laughs> as yeah. opposed to any song you've ever heard. But uh, I wanted to be, you know, all playing in the sand. I'm, I'm grabbing the music from deadandcompany.com. So there's like, you know, you can get the streams and you can get the music and, you know, it's all out there for everyone. So what is the song I am going to play for you, Craig Rutman? Well, listen, there were some just super highlights that weekend. Um, the Eyes of the World was just killer. The O'Teal dropping some real first time bass bombs was just awesome. Um, you know, just so much great stuff. But I got to go with They Love Each Other because that's Christy and my song. And when we hear that, it's just that it's just five to ten minutes of just, you know what? We do. And that's why we're here. And Aww. this playing it for us. Oh, that's so romantic. You were one of those couples that were kissing over in the corner during that, huh? We were. We were. <laughs> we made everybody sick. But you know oh, what? That's, really that's cool. our song, and I, I I do it for her, and she does it for me. And you know what? That When they played that song, it was just, that's our song. Nobody else was there at that very moment. That's oh, awesome. That is so romantic, so beautiful. I love it. And uh, and let's hear it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play it, and uh, everybody get a you know get your uh, pull your loved one near, or uh, you know just whatever you're feeling, and and let's enjoy it. So everybody enjoy listening to they love each other. And Craig, thank you so much for joining the Stranger Stopping Strangers Playing in the Sand Edition podcast. Stacy, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. And hey, listen, start saving your money, folks. We're doing this again in 2019. I've already named it for them to make it easy to help defray some of the cost. So we're going to call it Dancing, Dancing, Dancing on the Beach. Done. Woo-hoo! <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Stacey.
Liz, welcome to Strangers Stopping Strangers, Playing in the Sand edition. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, I'm so happy that to meet you because we've kind of met each other on social media and we like met each other for a hot second on the beach. So this is awesome. Yeah, that was really fun where we had that moment of recognition and you were like, Liz! and I was like, Stacy, and we hugged and then we went our separate ways. Yeah. Very cool. It was cool. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm glad we at least yes. got that because I mean, there was so much going on and I feel like early on you yeah. had to just let it go, right? Like you see who you see and it happens and enjoy it. Yeah, right? that was that was the way it was for me the entire time. It was um it was great to have the Pitts Crew Facebook group for before the shows and leading up to it because there was so much helpful advice on there. Once I got there, I couldn't connect to Wi Fi and I honestly didn't really care to try and figure it out. So I just shot a lot of photos and videos and just met people who I met. And some people recognized me you know, from Facebook and, and said hi. And there were a lot of people that I didn't get a chance to meet because I wasn't as connected, but I was very connected to Mexico when I was there. It was, it was all about being in the moment. So I had the best time. I couldn't agree with you more. Absolutely. And in fact, this was supposed to be live taped and there was someone who was going to be a co-host with me. And, you know, we had all these plans before we went down. And I mean, it was like the first day I brought my little recorder and all that shit. And I was like, mm -hmm. I can't think about this. Like, I mean, I love talking to people and but I you were on vacation. Yeah, I mean, totally. we both came down. And so you left your kids at home, too, right? Because I didn't take mine. I got out of Ithaca, New York in the middle of February in the winter. And I didn't have to worry about anything. I didn't think about my job until the evening before we left. <laughs> yeah. Then I was like, oh, yeah, I have this, like, project. Now it pops back in my head. And. You know, but that whole time, also the first day there, my daughter started texting me her complaints about, you know, her dad wasn't going to let her do this. And, that. and I was like, you know what, here's $75 I'm transferring to your account and leave me alone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> if it costs more than $75, the like answer is no. <laughs> And, you know, it was just like, just, you understand, she's 16, yeah. you know, she understood that I needed the and she was, she was really good about it. She's getting ready to go on her own um, journey and go abroad for a year. She's leaving wow. in May for Ecuador Oh my God! for a year. And so I spent a lot of time, too, thinking about that and being really excited for her. And then, and then as it came to a close, I was like, wow, if they do this again next year, how can I combine a trip? Like I can visit her in Ecuador for a week or two and then go to playing in the sand. Yeah, or have her meet you there. Like that'd be kind of amazing, maybe, or not. I don't know. <gasps> yes. Well, I would love all my girls to be there, but I don't think I can afford it. I mean, that's the main reason why I didn't take them this time. But who knows? The universe is um, shifting everything, right? Everything is just... The I universe is shifting everything, yes. I feel that. I feel like most people I talk to, not everyone, but I feel that's really happening with a lot of people. I feel like 2017, my opinion, it had a lot of highs and lows, and it was a very unsettling year for a lot of people. And I feel like things mm -hmm. kind of maybe got a little bit more clear at the end of the year. And I feel like this year, everything is shifting kind of, I feel like the motions got started last year and I feel like it's a really strong positive shift this year. 
I sure hope so. I mean, while we were flying down there, there was the mass school shooting in Parkland, Florida, and I didn't hear about it then until the next day. I read a little bit about it, and I was really like, I can't reconcile all of this right now. Like, I I had to enjoy myself there. It was a vacation I worked so hard for. You know, I literally took on a second job as a Lyft driver to just make some extra money and it was so sad. Like it broke my heart, you know I mean? Of course I was thinking about that. And a friend that I met on um, dead tour lives right down the street from that high school. And so I'd actually heard about it from him because he had commented on a post I'd managed to get up on Facebook the day we arrived. And then he commented on it and that's how I heard about it. So then I started looking and I was just like, uh, you know, again, like what the fuck? No, it's so heartbreaking. People. And the schools, it I mean, it's is. all heartbreaking, it is. but it's, I mean, to me, the schools, like it's all super shitty. I, there's no, there's nothing that's shittier than others because it's just, it's all, it, you know, it's, it's tragic, but the schools, I mean, being a mother and you're a mom, I mean, like the idea of my children not being safe at school is, um, I mean, again, I can't really reconcile not being safe at the movies or not being safe at a show or like all these other things. But then I, it's like a whole everywhere they yeah. they they expect us to be okay with living in a world where that can happen anywhere. I'm not okay with that anymore. I'm absolutely not. The the girl I did take the time down in Mexico to watch Emma Gonzalez, the girl for who survived the shooting, and she gave that great speech about how we call BS and. She talked about how much money Trump has gotten from the NRA and politicians who've gotten money from them and how her generation is the one that's going to change everything. And it was really inspiring. You know, it, it's funny to me because when I do go to Dead & Company shows, like it was when I went to Grateful Dead shows, it wasn't about escaping anything. It was about feeling things real and authentically and um, also having fun. But it's not like everything in life just sort of stops. You know, I feel like the deadheads and especially the ones down in Mexico, we were so grateful to be there, so happy to be there. And I met so many people who work really hard in regular life to make a better world for people. It's just a way for us to come together and sort of blow off all that craziness, you know, just let loose and cut loose. Life is hard and challenging and the world is crazy and it's very unstable right now. But when we get together with our people, it just gave me so much hope. I agree. There's just like a, a certain amount of energy that you get. And I always like to think it's like you're tuning in instead of tuning out, you know, like when we're with yeah. them, it's like, it's not that I'm tuning out everything else. I'm just tuning into this. I mean, I'm right. a friendly, huggy person by nature. And I mean, to be in a place where everybody gets a hug and, you know, it's not, it's expected. And, and, and I, I live my life that way probably more than I should to some people's opinions, you know, just on a day-to-day basis. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, my kids are so embarrassed by me all the time, you know, like I can't see a dog <laughs> in an airport without <laughs> scooping it up, you know, like, like, <laughs> I, like, I like miss my dogs when I see another dog traveling in the airport and I'll, they'll just, you know, they, they still think it's kind of funny, but borderline <laughs> embarrassed. I'll be suddenly holding somebody else's dog and like kissing it and, you know, like, 
I'm not quite so um, physically like affectionate with people, strangers. Like I do. I mean, that sounds, it makes perfect sense that someone with a podcast called strangers stopping strangers would like literally hug everyone. Um, I traveled down to Mexico with my friend Diane and she knows me very, very well. I'm really super introverted. I love to talk. I love to talk one-on-one and I have, always like a close circle of friends, but I just don't go out a lot because I have like a shut off valve or something where I get overwhelmed and it's like, I can't, I can't even pay attention anymore. If I'm in a group and everyone's talking, it just, yeah, no, I feel the same way. So, I mean, I agree with that. Yeah. For it, sure. it, it was so funny. Like our first full day there, you know, the first show day, we met all these great women on the beach and we were hanging out and, Everyone was like, let's all go in the water. And I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm like going to sit here. And I turned to my friend Diane and I was like, so this is, this is the moment where I'm, I'm just done and I just need 15 minutes and then I'll be okay. She was like, all right. And so I just laid there and everyone left me alone. It was totally cool. It took me a long time to be able to understand how to maneuver that type of feeling but being with deadheads too is very different because we are so loving and accepting it really doesn't matter everyone's totally cool with who you are we're all there to love the music I found a sweet little dancing spot behind the soundboard I was I will admit I was very disappointed that there was so much talking still going on during the show I the first night I stayed with my friend Diane and we were in the center maybe halfway up from the soundboard to the stage. And we had room to dance a little bit, not get crazy or anything, but the sound was great. The visuals were amazing. I pretty much had my eyes glued to the screen for the first night. And I just felt so good. I was like, we, you know, Diane and I just kept saying to each other, like, we did it. We're here. This is amazing. Didn't even try the food inside the venue first night. I was all a little like discombobulated. But then by the second show, so we started out kind of in the same place, but we just, it was much more crowded. Yeah. One around us was talking. And I mean, Diane and I just kept looking at each other. And finally I said, you know, I can't, I need to move and I need people who aren't talking. And I was like, I'm just going to wander a little bit. I think it was when they went into Jack's I was like, I can't stand the most here anymore. So I kind of wandered around. I went to the bathroom and then I came back and there were, and then there they were, you know, behind the soundboard. It's like people were spinning and hooping and no yeah. one was talking. And I was like, this was the spot. I kicked off my shoes. It was really soft sand. It was hysterical. I mean, and by the end of Sunday's show, I'd met everyone in that section. And now we're like friends because we were like, this is, I felt like I did feel like I was sacrificing the view in order to have room to dance and not have a bunch of people talking around me. I would go out from one spot. You could kind of see the screens through the um, soundboard area, but you either had to go to the left or the right to see the stage and see, you know, at least one of the screens or see the center screen. And I would do that once in a while when I wanted to. It's just a different yeah. experience. I mean, I like to move around too. I mean, I love being in the front. I love the energy of being in the first five rows. Like I'm not a rail rider. I don't need to be on the rail. I like to be where I can see their faces and grab that energy. 
but I don't have the, I don't have the patience to sustain it the whole time. So I like to get right. up there, but I, when I left up the front, the first show, uh, I want to say during the second set, we were out on the O'Teal side by the beach and the water. And I mean, my God, like being out and being free and not having your shoes on and being in the water and listening to the music and it was just so magical, you know, like I love it. It was heaven. All different ways, right? I mean, there was like, you know, not having to be vigilant. The resort. I mean, we just, yeah. you know, just being able to, like on Friday, I really oriented myself a little bit more to the whole situation. I'm a Michael Franti fan, but I haven't listened to him recently. I mean, I, I'd say about 10 years ago, I kind of stopped listening to his stuff. I liked his earlier stuff is a lot more political, better. And my friend Diane's way into Michael Franti, so she was all excited. She loved the show. But I kind of spent the show wandering around the whole venue and taking a bunch of pictures and eating the amazing street tacos. I must have eaten, I ate so many of them. I just kept going <laughs> back. And the street corn. Oh, I was so like, good. Oh. You, know, um, you know, I just really was connecting with people, too. It was so great how everything was set up there. I loved the catering and the show. I feel like we're going to be so spoiled now. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, um, I want a little Mexican man walking by with a tray of beer at every show now, right? Like, yeah. pe- oh, wait, 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 what do you have? Well, you don't have a pina yeah. colada? Yeah, keep moving. Yeah, no. No, I'm waiting for the next guy. It's nuts. <laughs> Yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy. It was very enjoyable. I mean, I um, honestly, I I stopped drinking in December. I just decided to take a break from it. And so I kept that up through. I haven't had a drink since December. And so I went through this whole trip with all that alcohol and not once. Um, honestly, I'm proud of myself, but I will say it hasn't been that hard because I really haven't wanted it. My daughter had given me a pineapple cup. That's like a copper cup. You know, it looks like a disco ball, kind of, like the Moscow Mule mugs. Oh, yeah, <laughs> It's yeah. got a pineapple top and a big straw. So she gave me that for the trip. It was hysterical. And um, I was surprised at how awesome it was because then I just used that on the beach all day. I was getting, like, virgin pina coladas. And they would just fill my cup for me. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Yeah, well, I guess that's worth looking. Yeah, so I didn't drink. I stuck to water. You know, the food in the buffet was hit or miss, but the food in the shows I'll rave about forever. It was amazing. It was yeah. so great. It was so good. I mean, I thought of the food we- almost as fuel, right? Like, I mean, it's kind of funny. I was talking to a girlfriend who was there yesterday about the food, and people kind of complaining about the food. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, the pizza, a lot of complaining. I felt like the pizza afterwards reminded me of like post-show 7-Eleven pizza, that kind of congealed cheese on like a cardboard crust. But I have like the, that congealed pizza after a show has been some of the best pizza I've had in my life, just simply because of like, <laughs> you know, like it's because of like the scenario, you know. So I felt like the food was was fine, and I thought of it as just kind of carby fuels to keep myself going, you know, like it that was. You know, I like enjoyed that. it. I mean, first of all, I'll just say this: I'm not a fan of buffets in general because what the, what they represent is overconsumption. The, you know, I mean, these resorts are catering to Americans and our desire to just eat our way through the planet. So, of course, I'm thinking about that stuff, and I'm not a huge fan of buffets in general. But, you know, 
I was surprised at all the complaining that was happening about it because there was so much variety. And I mean, there had to be something, you know, I mean, there was toast and fruit. If you absolutely couldn't find anything else, rice and beans, you know, I found that the um, Mexican food, not surprisingly was the best at the buffets. And so I kind of stuck to that and I would get like made to order omelets or just eat yogurt or something simple. That would be, very settling to my stomach. I stayed away from anything that was like supposedly American food. I lived on the pizza. <laughs> I lived on chips and guacamole and rice and beans. I mean, it was heaven yeah. to me. I just like loved that and chocolate. Um, their desserts were pretty good too. The little custard. Yeah, it was all fucking awesome. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and just the fact that you didn't have to cook or clean. Heaven. Well, let's uh, um, I want to get into some music. Okay. I, I sprung it on you that you had to pick a song and I love the song that you picked and um it was Well, and, and I will phenomenal. tell you why I picked it. That's what I want to know. I want to hear why you picked. Okay. Eyes of the World, first night, um, I was, before we even went, I was super excited about getting Eyes of the World in Mexico. I just, given all the um, the animals and the nature there and just the beauty, you know, I mean, that day I had swam with baby sea turtles and so I was like really excited about certain songs. I knew at some point we'd get a Terrapin or, you know, I, I should say I was hoping um, and hoping for the eyes of the world. So it was like estimated and I, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom now in case I go into eyes of the world. But, but the first night I was wearing this onesie that like zipped up in the back and tied in the front. Fantastic like, porta potty choice. <laughs> yes. I'm like in this porta john. The light doesn't work. I can't see. I'm super sweaty and I'm trying to unzip my back and untie this thing and hold everything up so it doesn't fall in the toilet and just like they're playing eyes of the world and I was like ah why am I stuck in here so you know trying to like get dressed again and wash my hands and run out and as I'm running back to my spot I, I see this guy scrolling his Facebook feed looking super bored and I was like wow wow yeah, yeah. <laughs> to reach the road, man. Eyes of the motherfucking world, and it's right. so beautiful. I love the way Dad and Company do this song. I just love it. I guess that guy wasn't waking up to find out that he was the eyes of the world, huh? <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> Dude, it's, wake up, man! Maybe wake he up. Woke up. Maybe he woke up after that. Who knows? Oh, but so um, funny. yeah, just. So, so you'll play the song and then I'll get to hear it again. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm downloading it. Yeah, the uh, whole show is up. If you go to uh, deadandcompany.com, yes, yes. so they have the streams. They didn't stream that other night, but also for anyone, you can individual download from it. So I'm a, uh, I'm gonna buy the audio for that, and I've already pre-purchased the stream for Saturday. So I'm going to. Invite nice. some people over around Saturday. I mean, when I string shows, I like to make it a little party. Like when I, you know, if I'm just hanging out with the kids or whatever, I usually don't buy them. But great yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so glad we got a chance to talk and to share stories. And 
Me I'm going to play too. Eyes of the World, and uh, yeah, cheers, girl. Cheers.
podcast is in the loop the legion of osiris podcasts what does that mean osiris is a community of great music and culture podcasts if you like this one go check out others at osirispod.com and get in the loop osiris is partnered with relics magazine at relics.com thanks for listening to today's show to check out more great cannabis podcasts go to podconnects.com here's a preview of one of our other shows Season 1 of Dope History is now available at DopeHistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.